You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Gravity Leadership is a community of people seeking to live our lives in the orienting center of God's love in the midst of our post-Christian world, learning to lead like Jesus, live on mission, and make disciples. In nature, gravity is the phenomenon that brings stuff together, objects as small as atoms and quarks, and as large as stars and galaxies. We believe the gravity of the Christian life is the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. The Gravity Leadership Podcast is curated conversations on what it looks like to practically orient our lives and our leadership in the love of Christ, the gravity that holds everything together. Hey, welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. I am Matt Tebby, also known as uh, Ben Hardman's hype man. Mm. Come on. (laughs) I'm joined by Ben Hardman. And Ben Sternke, also co-founders of Gravity. Mm-hmm. Good to be here. Yep. Good day. T- good, good day to be to with you. you. Good day mm, to you both. Good day. Um, one of the things we were just chatting about uh, is waking up at 3 a.m. being anxious. That, that's that's happening around here. Mm-hmm. But also, we were talking about changing cultures. Hmm. Um, one of the things that's we're noticing in uh, this this power series that we have done is how toxic cultures can be, uh, sort of a, they are, or unhealthy or unhelpful cultures can be, and there maybe it's not one person responsible for it, but it's sort of a transpersonal reality, some bigger than people, made up of people. And uh, so a lot of people come to Gravity, a lot of people come to us asking us, hey, I want to, and they say this a lot of different ways. I want to, I want to change my church from attractional to missional, or uh, I want to, I want to change the DNA of our church, or we want to become uh, a lot more uh, adaptive in our in our structures and systems. Or you know, we have we're this big institution, and we want to sort of break it down and scatter. So people talk about culture change a lot of ways. But we uh, wanted to just share today about some of the ways that we fail a culture change. Some of the things mm. we've noticed that we failed personally and how other people fail. Hmm. And so hope you get, you know, get out your Kleenexes. This is going to be a sad one. <laughs> 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 a real tearjerker. Yeah. No, uh, it's really simple. We, the, the two, the two, these aren't the only two reasons why changing yeah. a culture or changing a church or even like a business fails or a marriage. <laughs> Kids even say a marriage. <laughs> But they're, they're, they seem to always be present, 
And I'll just name the two of them and then we'll break each one down. The first is that changing a culture um, takes longer than we think it will. Mm-hmm. And it costs, and the second is it costs more than we think it will. So the reason we fail is we try to go too fast and we try to make it too easy. Um, so anyway, let's start with that first one. That culture change takes time. Mm-hmm. And if we try to do it too fast, we often will fail and get impatient and quit. Have you guys have you guys seen that? How have you seen that? And uh, what, what occurs to you as I say that? Buddy, that's the story of a lot of my ministry life. So I, I, uh, I, whenever I do the fivefold stuff, I'm kind of apostle off the charts. And so for me, when I, when I was younger and in ministry, everything was kind of this driving ambition to get things done and get them done quickly. Like I had to make my mark, you know? Uh, and so that led to all kinds of, um, personal dysfunctions, cultural dysfunctions, challenges, not discernment of long obedience in the same direction, me mm-hmm. kind of pulling certain levers of control and manipulation and trying mm-hmm. to get my way and playing backdoor politics and all those kinds of <laughs> fun things that always happen in the church. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the older I get, the more I am satisfied by the fact that uh, there is a group of people that I've been called to shepherd uh, and I'm going to marry them and bury them and I'm going to be around for a long time. Uh, mm. and we're going to just simply discern what God's doing in our midst together. Um, yeah. and it does, uh, when our posture changes in that, I think for me, it, it's led to a lot less leadership anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't feel attention to, I have to get things done or I have to accomplish things. And this doesn't mean we go passive on our like strategic planning or, or we don't have any kind of goals or vision or direction that we're heading in. Right. It just means that there's not as much at stake for me uh, in all of those things. Yeah. Uh, and so what I'm learning for me is, is as a leader, I've had to really step back from what are my motivations? Um, what am I striving for? Why am I striving for those things? And, right. uh, I, you know, right. pace equals empathy. So are we traveling at a pace that is empathetic to the people that I'm leading and walking mm-hmm. with them? Yeah. I, I relate to that too, uh, Ben, um, just in the sense that, uh, I think it's, um, I think it's, uh, part of, yeah, part of the way I'm wired up is to like, I, I tend to look at ministry as like my accomplishments in ministry are tied to my identity a bit too much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. And so I think that's that's some of the impetus behind trying to go too fast is basically like there's a lot like you said there's a lot at stake in terms of my identity. Like am I a good pastor? Am I really making an impact? You know, all of those questions, those anxiety-ridden questions are there. Um and if I'm unreflective about that stuff, I can tend to try to push a culture, you know, like push the people I'm leading. Yep. Uh, rather than and, and and kind of treat them as um, yeah less than persons right where you tr- you're trying to push on them yep. in order to get them to do something because I need you to change so that this culture can change so I can feel good about my ministry yes. you know rather than yeah so I have better stories to tell to my ministry friends yeah right yeah yeah <laughs> right I have rather- something to say on my podcast <laughs> <laughs> right yeah yeah but the, rather than this. Uh, 
mutuality, like a, a sense of like, I'm, I'm, yes, I'm, I can be a change agent here, but um, that has to be in sort of dialogue with what's happening here on the ground. And it always has to be a recognition that I am in dialogue with persons that I have to respect yep. their agency. And if they don't want to change, I have to like, let them be where they're go- going to be. Yep. I can maybe make a different decision yep. after that, but but I can't push them or manipulate them or cajole them into it. I can just cast vision and invite, you know, yeah. you know that kind of thing. So, yeah. yeah. And every, everything in our culture pushes up against this, right? So we, we just live in a quick fix culture where everything is downloadable and accessible and it's right there for us. Yeah. And so we, we we have this belief that church growth should be the same that that the way yeah, our uh, culture change happens should be overnight yeah, um, that yeah. it's all technical right if right. I do these three things if I press these three buttons then I'll totally. get this result hmm. and uh, I've just found that to be blatantly false <laughs> in in pretty much every way yeah there's hmm. a cultural or a modern fetish with efficiency so the quickest way yeah. to a destination is the best way. So efficiency has the inherent, like a truth that's not even questioned, that the quickest way is also the best way, mm-hmm. right? And and the and the the result is the objective. Yes, and the result is the objective, right? right. So the way itself isn't important, other than it being the most efficient, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The way, yeah, and it's. Uh, yeah, it's sort of inversely proportionate. I mean, it's inversely important in the sense that uh, the quickest way is the best. So, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's almost like the way doesn't really matter. The destination matters. The yeah. objective matters. The goal matters. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so then this trying to shift too fast, I think a couple things happen. One is we end up as, the, as someone who's responsible for the culture, whether it's my family, my marriage, my church, even my office— we end up trying to change the culture without changing ourselves. So we don't, you know, one of our axioms is what God's going to do through you, he's also going to do in you. This comes from a thought that I think we were introduced to by from Dallas Willard, who said, what God gets out of me isn't what I accomplish or produce, but it's the person I become. Mm-hmm. And change always starts with me. If I want to change the culture I'm in, if I want to change my marriage, if I want to change my kids, if I want to change the office, I don't focus on my kids or focus on my wife. I focus on me in those relationships. Mm-hmm. And that takes a long time. Like yeah. it takes a while to change, right? It takes sometimes it takes years or months or months. So I think it's it it gets it's we need to start personally rather mm-hmm. than just try to change things externally. Yeah. And then I think also, also too we, we try to do things quickly we end up sacrificing people at the altar of outcomes. Mm-hmm. So it's not, yes. we don't focus pastorally on, hey, there's people, <laughs> there are people at our church, or um, there are people at our, let's just like, talk about churches, there are people at our church because they like things the way they are. Mm-hmm. You don't hear from them, we don't get emails from them, they're not coming up to us after the sermon, arguing with us every week. But there, a majority of people they, they have signed the unwritten contract we've made with them that the current culture is what they want. Mm-hmm. And changing that is breaking that contract. It's breaking that agreement. And it can be really hard on them. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody experienced, uh, I mean, you know, psychologically, everybody experiences change as loss. And so what, what our brains tend to focus on when something changes is what am I losing? And so change is really, really hard for people. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and, and I think we've been trained in the wrong way. Like we we've been trained almost that culture change happens outside of relationship, right? That that culture mm. change in, can in happen like, by yeah, in like I, policy statements. Right, yeah, if I if I would create the right policies, if I preach the right sermon series, if we create this program and do these five technical things, then our culture is going to shift. Yeah. Um, and I do think there's, you know, there's some value, like one of the culture changes we've built into our church is every six weeks, we do a 24 hours of prayer where our church just every six weeks, we stop and we take 24 hours. We open up the church. Mm-hmm. We have space in the church for people to pray like stations throughout the, the area. And, and for a full 24 hours, we're just praying and fasting for our community, for the church, for God's discernment, for him to speak, for us to hear from him, all those kinds of things. Yeah. So there's some power in creating programs that create culture, but doing that outside of relationship doesn't really accomplish anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you did more than just schedule it. You know what I mean? Like that was yeah, more I, than just like Ben Hardman it. getting up on I a Sunday agree. morning. Right. Guys, we are going to do six every six weeks, and then just people show up and pray, right? I like, declare <laughs> bankruptcy! <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, so there, there was some relationship, there was some vision, there was some discernment about how you came to this new structure, which is, a, hey, every six weeks we pray and fast for 24 hours. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, so is what you're saying, Ben, like, it has to be more than just a rebranding. We're not just yeah. changing language and logos yeah. and like a, messaging. Or even like a theology statement, like, now we, we used to believe this, now we believe this. Yeah. Yeah, This. I mean, to be truthful, like, this is why I can't go to Christian conferences anymore. This is a safe space, because Ben, let it out. That's kind of, <laughs> sorry, I'm, we might be going a little too deep here, but, but that's, all, that's all you get is like, you know, here's five ways to grow your church, here's five, you know, t- tactics or tips or techniques that you can yeah. uh, adapt and and uh, I, I just get worn out with that stuff. Yeah. I, I would much rather be trained in how to relationally change the culture or how to wait on the kingdom or how to discern how God is at work and join him there than I would, you know. Yeah. Yep. Here's five programs you need to start. Here's a better way yeah. to have a parking team. Here's <laughs> yeah. a tighter pair of skinny yeah. jeans for your worship pastor. Yeah. Like that, I, like those kinds mm-hmm. of things just wear me out. Yeah. So the, well, the first me peril too. then of culture change is that we try to go too fast, and we we don't do the we don't do the personal work that needs to happen as our as an agent in that culture, and we aren't pastoral, meaning we don't yeah. understand that the culture is made up of persons, mm-hmm. not just brands, logos, messages, mm-hmm. and tactics. Um, I, and I think that gets into your second thing, too, where you, you said, like, it's too costly. Because the yes. personal... I, I think we should tease that apart a little bit, too, because that may be new. that may be a new thought for a lot of people, that I, I think the assumption a lot of us make... I know I, I did... Uh, just reflexively, un- unreflectingly, I made this assumption that if I'm going to go and change the culture, it means that the culture is deficient, number one, right? Number two, I can see what's wrong about it by myself, you know, as the change agent. Number three, I know what to do about it, right? Just me. I know what to do about it. Uh, and number four, that what's going to be changing is just the culture and not me. Other people. Other people are going to change. Policies. Yeah, and like, the, and I know what to do, and I'm just gonna I'm I'm like an implementer executor, rather than a part of the culture. Yeah, and and we get this some of this stuff from adaptive change, um, 
theory, which is basically like the most transformed person in any culture is always the leader. Yep. The most transformed person is the leader, um, which is, it's not very intuitive for a lot of people. Yeah, I remember being a young pastor and there was a family that had a child, a teenage child that was a, quote, wild child. Mm-hmm. Completely off the rails, completely wouldn't listen to them, a rebellious, wrecking its authority. And I kept getting all this information from the parents. Okay, tell me what he's doing. Tell mm-hmm. me, um, give me his behaviors. Give me like what you've tried in the past, blah, 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 blah. And I kind of come into this meeting. It's me and two other pastors. One of the pastors is 20 years older than me. To sort of like, and this 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 kid has agreed to meet, and I'm thinking, okay, what do I? How do I change this kid in this meeting mm-hmm. for these parents? Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget. Before I can say anything, praise scared God. Straight, scared straight. Bring yeah. in some ex cons. <laughs> yeah, I, I wore some really tight uh, workout shorts. You know, was flexing my quads. No, I um, uh, before I could before I could do anything, the older pastor in the room. Um, began counseling the parents. Hmm. And and I was like, why are you wasting time? This kid who never listens, who's always on the streets, this is our shot. This is our chance. And about 30 minutes into the meeting, uh, this older pastor said, the only way to change your son, he says this to the parents, the only way to change your son is to change yourself. He's, and he said, I would I would go so far as to say that uh, the problem that your son is having is as much you as it is him. Hmm. Wow. And, and that's uh, when you brought in the ex-cons? Is that when the ex-cons came in? And then, <laughs> and I remember thinking, oh my gosh, this is a, that's offensive, He's, you're wrong. And it, it, that can go either way in that moment, right? Like you could, mm-hmm. but the parents just started breaking down, mm-hmm. broke down in tears, um, and, and we're reckoning with some really jacked up patterns yeah. that contributed to their son's choices. Now, they, they weren't totally responsible, but yeah. it opened up this beautiful space to say, um, it's, it's easy to identify a problem, like a problem child, mm-hmm. and say, we got to fix that problem, right? Because right? that doesn't cost me anything. I don't have to change. Except I have. I've got a change of strategy or a different tactic. Right. Yeah. But what? But what? What happens if you want like that family for that culture to change? The parents had yes. to change. Yes. The parents had to change, and it cost them a great deal to do it. Yes. Yeah. And I, I, I think that's that's a good example of of that kind of dynamic, and that that's why that's why I say I think that's part of the cost. You said the two things are it, we we try to go too fast. Yep. Uh, and the second thing is it it ends up feeling like it costs too much. And I think that's part of the cost, right? Part of the cost is I have to go into this realizing that for me as a leader who wants change, I have to be willing to to change. Mm-hmm. I have to be willing that uh, I have to be willing to to assume that I'm part of this problem, if yeah. you want to call it that, right? Yeah. Um, but that but that I I actually have to be open to God's transforming work. Uh, in my own life and, and my own patterns of leadership um, to be confronted by, you know, like, what's what's the Lord saying to me? Yep. So the cost can be a personal cost. Right. Yeah, it can be a personal yeah. cost. And and living in what's, what's really happening, right? So for me as an apostle, it's so mm. easy for me to live in the future version of the culture change that's already happened um, without radically accepting what really is. Right. And without naming really going on. And yeah. so... Wow, that's good. Naming what's really happening and being present there, not 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 taking people where I want them to be and pastoring them there, pastoring them where they actually are right now. Mm. 
It's like aspirational leadership. <laughs> like I'm going to lead as if you were in a different place and hopefully you, yeah. you get there. No, we do that all the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. We've got a church in our head, right? We've got a we've idealized got thing. An idealized thing. And we can either live in fantasy land where it's like, everything's great because this is the church in my head or just frustration where we're like, why aren't you guys conforming to the image I have of you in my head? Yep. Yeah, so acceptance yeah. Of, of reality. Yeah. That's part it's of the like, cost. It's like the, like the worship leader that's leading worship for 10 people, but treating it like it's a concert for 7,000 people. <laughs> like, like, be I've, where you are, right? I've, you don't I've been lead, to that church. Like, in a different <laughs> I've been to that church many times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it costs, yeah, it, it, it'll cost us. It'll also cost our people. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of dissatisfied churchgoers, but by and large, people are at the church they're at because they want the church the way it is. And um, some of us struggle with, I, I can't make anyone unhappy. I can't disappoint mm. or uh, let anyone down. And if I make these changes, if we do this, then people will stop being pleased with me. People will stop affirming right. us. People will disagree with this. And I have to keep things copacetic. I have to keep people happy. Mm. So it, it costs too much to change because I will lose the thing that I'm really needing, mm. which is yeah. keeping people happy. Yeah, which uh, that's the other side of the coin of the thing that uh, Ben and I mentioned earlier, right? Where the thing that will sort of give me the identity that I want is if this culture changes, right? So there's this ambition to kind of make something happen because I again I need it mm-hmm. in this unhealthy way, yeah. or there's this uh, there's this impulse to keep everybody happy, and so no yeah. no change happens. But they're both rooted in the same kind of like misalignment of our identity. My identity is either in look at what I've accomplished, uh-huh. or it's in everybody likes me, yeah. you know, so much. Yeah. Um, so it's like two sides of the same yeah. coin there. Start yeah. By. So you see, like a never shake the boat mentality. Like I just can't. Right. I can't rock the boat. I can't do anything. Or uh, I'm burning it down. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> we're like, burning the like, ships. We're just gonna, yeah. Like I don't care what anybody says. We're changing, and this is how we're going. And get right. on. You know, get on the bus or get off the bus. Right. I've actually right. heard that said in staff meetings before. Yep. Get get on. The, that's uh, straight. Yep. I've heard Shape that up too. or ship out. Shape up or ship out. Yeah. You're just a tool in my toolbox. Oh gosh. <laughs> anyway. I'm triggered. <laughs> yeah. No, but you were talking about uh, we can't... Uh, sometimes sometimes the hindrance, the cost for us is people might be upset with me. People might be... People might leave the church. They people, might not want to go on this journey. I've never seen a church successfully change culture and not lose a boatload of people. Yeah. It just, I don't, I don't think it can happen. Mm-hmm. And if you think you've changed the culture of church without losing people, you may have just rebranded what you've always done with new language. Right. And everybody's like, okay, that's fine. It's, it used to be red, now it's green. I'll, we don't mind. <laughs> you know? like, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I run into this too. People talk about culture change, and what they really mean is we're going to call what we do something different. Yeah, <laughs> or we're going to modernize our logo, and it's going to be yeah. You know, our website's going to look a little cleaner. <laughs> yeah, or whatever. New website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We changed the culture. We got a new website. Yeah, look so, at that. We're modern now. So culture change is slow mm-hmm. and costly, mm-hmm. and for Americans, uh, that those are like we hate those things. Yeah, why would we want to do that? I don't know. Ugh. I mean, I like things fast and cheap, which is yeah. why I use Amazon, even though it's 
I don't think it's a very good company. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, they oppress their workers, and and yet I order things from them. Right. I, yeah. Yeah. I'm feeling conviction about that right now as I talk about it. But yeah, it's fast <laughs> and cheap, which is why everybody uses Amazon. Right. Right. But uh, so we're conditioned as Americans, as good American consumers, to value and orient ourselves around things that are quick and easy. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and if it's not quick and easy, there, there's, I think it's worth reflecting on that. Like our yep. cultural just knee jerk reaction is like something's wrong. If it's not quick, something's wrong. If it's not easy, something's wrong. Right, right. Like, make make this stop. Make this terrible thing stop. <laughs> so I think, like, we go into culture change that, that same way, where, like, we wake up and we have to just remind ourselves, like, because our bodies are going to be reacting to it as if it's a terrible thing that must stop. Yeah. You know? It's really yeah. hard. It's really hard. Yeah, and the, the whole kind of free agency nature of pastoring, where, mm. oh, I spent a couple of years here. These people just aren't getting it. I got to go somewhere else now becomes the mantra and so yep. we just don't stay long enough for real transformation to take place because yeah. the grass always seems greener somewhere else there's always this, these other options there's yeah. a different city a different place and and you know for me to actually stay in a place that's not transforming or changing as quickly or rapidly as I want it to change means I have to actually be really self-reflective yeah. as well as patient yeah. and we just don't have space for that in our culture yeah yeah, and there's a lot of discernment that has to take place there too, you know, because I mean, I do think there is such a thing as you know brushing the dust off your feet, you know, Jesus tells his disciples to do that, but you know, there's also such a thing as leaving too quick, leaving too early, you know, yeah. and there's there is such a thing as perseverance, long obedience in the same direction, but there also is such a thing as you know, like you're stuck. You know, you're, yeah. you're, the reason you're comfortable here is that you haven't actually called people into yeah. what God's asked you to. And so what you're describing is culture change is impossible without wisdom, mm-hmm. <laughs> without a process of discernment, listening, right. uh, sifting, testing. And so uh, we didn't, I didn't intend... It's not a process out of the box. No, it's not a principle. That you just, it's, not a, it's not an equation. Right. It's not a quadratic equation. It's not mechanical. No. And so this is what we do with our Gravity Leadership Academy. We we give you mm. the operational intelligence about how to build cultures of wisdom and discernment and listening. And we start with you so that you become oriented and guided by sort of a uh, knowing how to live in wisdom and love and yeah. then train other people to do that with you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We, we, were, we had our uh, discipleship group locally last night um, and we were talking about uh, our experience of accountability mm-hmm. in Christian circles. Yeah. And uh, one of the people who comes to our church and has been a part of this group now for two years, he doesn't talk much, but uh, he just shared, he's like, I think we are doing things intentionally too slow. Sl- slower than slower than I normally do my whole whole life. And he was like, he was like, I think you guys are doing this intentionally. Yeah. Like the conversation <laughs> is slow here. He's like, yeah, he's like, instead of like, wrapping things up moving things forward he's like there's tons of silences uh you ask probably one too many questions <laughs> yeah. you wait like one week too long for things or you know like he's int- intimating that we yeah. we're sort of pushing against this fast uh achieving sort of okay let's wrap this up here we go next thing next thing next yeah. thing yeah and his his reflection was i think this has been really good for me yeah and uh I'm I'm noticing that like I I wouldn't I wouldn't know 
I was I don't think we we didn't sit down and have a strategy meeting and say, hey, let's intentionally do this discipleship group right. to make you know Mike really ticked off that we're going so slow. Yeah. We, that didn't happen. No. But I think I think what's happened is that we've yeah. we've been involved in leading our cohorts and doing that kind of rhythm. Mm. That there's this deep wisdom happening. That's that's greater than what we're contributing. Right, right. right. It's not like a strategy where we're like, hey, um, after you ask a question and after the person gets done answering it, wait three seconds before you ask another question, just in case there's more. Like, it wasn't a top-down kind of a strategic conscious thought, but it is like as we've, like, we've learned that waiting a few moments oftentimes brings out, like, the best thing. Like, just give somebody time to think for a second. Just shut your yapper. Yeah, and just, and let them, let them, like, think of the next thing that comes to mind. Inhale and exhale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, Anyway, so it was. It was a fascinating comment from him. I think it touches on what we do and why we're passionate about it. Mm. Uh, because we've, I mean, we're talking about this because we've made all these mistakes. We've yeah. tried to go too yep. fast. We've tried to make it too easy. Yeah. And we've, it has failed. And instead of like doing the same thing over and over, which is crazy making, mm-hmm. like uh, we've just committed to figuring out what are we missing that was inherent in the ministry of Jesus and the early church. And what yeah. what did they what did they understand that we're missing? And so, mm. if that interests you, um, reach out. Let us know. Shoot us an email at podcast at gravityleadership dot com. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd love I'd love to just chat with you about how I think our cohorts create the capacity and the character and the competency to do the things we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Not it, perfectly, but better than anything else I've ever done. Yeah, and that that's for I mean. Yeah, culture change of any kind. Yeah, including the, your own culture. Yeah, including <laughs> it, like the people you live with, your family, your you know yep. spouse and kids and that kind of thing. So uh, it's been it's been really helpful. Yeah. Hey, well, can nice. can we just? Uh, I'm just thinking of the the person who has been waiting in the deep end of this for a long time, mm-hmm. who has been for ten or fifteen years trudging up at changing a culture and doing the hard work and. Um, working through this, what what would your guys' advice be to that person who has I've I have stayed and it's hard and I keep you know I feel like this is where God wants me but we're just not getting the traction that I feel like we should be getting or uh, mm. just not seeing the growth that we want to get because I, I actually believe that a lot of those people are the heroes of our faith that we don't celebrate and don't know how to celebrate so just to to wrap us up maybe. Just final thoughts for that person. What, what's mm-hmm. your advice, guys? Hmm. Uh, the thing, the thing that comes to mind for me uh, is that it's really difficult to know how to give advice generally uh, because of the dynamic we talked about. You know what I mean? That there's there's a wisdom that gets uh, born uh, born out over time. So, I mean, if if you are confident that the Lord has called you to this place, and that's not a question. Uh, in your mind, I guess, um, yeah, I would, I would say one of the things that's been um, uh, helpful for me is to remember that uh, I don't necessarily see all the fruit. It, all the fruit that God is doing through my ministry is not necessarily obvious to me, and so there's a there's a trust uh, oftentimes that I have to lean into that. If I am being faithful to what God's called me to do, that He's responsible for the fruit, and I may not, I may not understand or see what's happening 
ever. You know what I mean? Like un- until heaven. You know, and and maybe then we, maybe then we find out. You know what uh, all the ripple effects uh, of a ministry. Um, you know, along obedience in the same direction. Um, so that's one thing I'd say. You don't always know what's happening. Yeah, and I'd say too. Um, even Jesus decided he'd rather uh, change the world with twelve, like B minus friends, <laughs> than by himself in an A plus way. Right, yeah. and so like Jesus spent a lot of time investing in and creating a community of people that could inhabit and embody his kingdom project, mm. not only with him, but more importantly after he was gone. Mm. And so I'd say if you're in this, you, you've got to find a Peter, James, and John. You, you got to find, it, yeah, it, you know, point. ideally in your community. But um, this is how gravity functions for a lot of people. Like we're just sort of like brothers in arms and sisters in arms with each other, because yeah. some of this work Ben you're talking about. You know, nobody else in my de- denomination is talking about these things. Nobody else really gets what I'm coming from. I feel like I'm, uh, you know, every other day I feel like, am I even a Christian? Because <laughs> like, I keep bouncing off my thoughts to other people and they look at me like I have two heads. You've got to do this with people and you've got to have a community of people that can uh, bear this with you because it can yeah. be isolating, lonely work. Yeah, that's part of the cost oftentimes. Yeah. Yeah, that it, 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 it does feel lonely. What would you say, Harmon? Yeah, I, I would just say that there is transformation probably that's happening in you also that mm-hmm. you're not recognizing. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes, I, I think there's been seasons of ministry for me, and I'm not so sure it blessed anybody or did anything for anybody else. But I think what God did in the life of the Hardmans in that mm-hmm. space mm-hmm. was worth what happened there. Uh, and so recognizing that God is always present at work, even in your disappointments, even when there isn't fruit, Mm -hmm. even when it feels like you're pushing a ball up the hill and it's just way too heavy. Um, there's something happening in you Mm -hmm. that makes it worth it. So nothing's wasted. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good word. Nothing's ever wasted. Nothing's ever wasted. Yep. That's, that's a good word. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I just think too, like you look at, um, you mentioned, you know, the ministry of Jesus, and in his humanity, I do think there, you know, you look at his anguish in the garden uh, and on the cross, and you know, from the from the outward facing world, like even his disciples thought, well, this is, you know, hmm. that was a nice dream, like it didn't look like it ended real successfully for Jesus, you know what I mean? Like, um, and even after the resurrection, Jesus doesn't go around like wagging his finger at everybody who, uh, you know, crucified him or anything. He just, he goes around to witnesses and then the church slowly grows over a few hundred years. Like it just takes some time and you don't always know the fruit of the, of the seeds you're sowing. Yes. Look at the ministry of Paul. I mean, that dude was like, that didn't seem like a great ministry. You know what I mean? Like he's got these tiny little churches all over the Roman Empire, but Corinthians out of their minds, yeah, right. Yeah, Timothy behaving crazy in crazy ways. You Timothy know I mean? letting busybodies take over the church in Ephesus. Yeah, right. Yeah, He's and got, that's the foundation of the, the of the whole thing that we have now. John, the Mark, church. and Barnabas. Right. Yeah. There's this argument. Yeah. Anyway, all right. I think well, just good to remind ourselves of that kind of thing. It wasn't all up and to the right for the church, but God was <clears throat> doing something in the midst of it. Yes, friends. Mm-hmm. May you mm-hmm. trust that nothing is wasted. That your that God's faithfulness is exceedingly more than your faithfulness. That um, He is birthing in you and incubating in you a deep love 
and compassion and wisdom for his people, that the gates of hell will not prevail against his church and the part of his church that you are a part of. So go, friends, learning to count the cost, learning to lay down your life, learning to eschew the quick and easy for the long and difficult. And may you experience the resurrection of Jesus right in that. Go in peace, friends. Amen. Thanks be to God. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. If you enjoy learning from this podcast, please be sure to show your support by rating, reviewing, and subscribing on iTunes. Be sure to share with your friends on social media too. And we would love to hear from you. So please email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. You can join our online community for free at gravityleadership.com slash join. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox, as well as an email most Fridays with curated links to articles we found interesting or helpful. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com slash join. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.